Hello, everyone. Welcome to the episode seventy-three of SAP Integration and Extension Talk podcast. I'm your host Sandy Ling. Today, it has been a while since I last time recorded the podcast. Glad to be back to the show. Today, I have two special guests, Abhishek Nath and Karen Spieger, to talk about the DevOps in the ABAP world. This is such a huge, important topic. They will be covering the BTP ABAP environment and elaborate on the purpose of DevOps. If you are using the CI/CD options for customers working on S4 HANA and BTP ABAP environments, you should definitely tune in until the end. Before we jump into our DevOps topic today, let me quickly recap what cool things happen during Sapphire this month. I believe most of you enjoy watching the keynotes and listening to the live sessions on Sapphire. We SAP announced that we are expanding our local no-code offerings. We release enhancements to local no-code process automation capabilities and keen to simplify the coding experience for our citizen developers. As a result, the developers are now assisted with an AI-based guided experience for mass approvals and work items. SAP Intelligent Robotic Process Automation Services can also help capture and automate user interactions and integrate with SAP Process Insights to identify high-impact automation opportunities. Speaking of the SAP Process Insights solution, which is part of our business process intelligence portfolio, it enables customers and companies to analyze and improve their real-world business. We are also pleased to announce that our initial ecosystem partners, such as Ernst & Young, Deloitte, have made a strategic decision to put business process intelligence at the center of their process transformation practices. There are tons of highlights regarding industry cloud, SAP integration suite, and sustainability management. If you would like to learn more about the Sapphire announcements, you should definitely check out our Sapphire news guide or some articles published on the press news. I will make sure to include the links into the episode info section. There is another exciting news about our integration suite. SAP Integration Suite has been recognized as the customer's choice in Gartner's Peer Insights. This simply proves that SAP Integration Suite is a preferred hybrid integration platform for enterprise-wide integration. That's why we have by far more than 13,000 global customers leveraging SAP Integration Suite for their digital transformation journeys to remain agile and competitive. I want to take a chance to thank our customers for their trust and confidence. In addition, we have some new missions released on Discovery Center this month. For instance, there are missions about how to enrich safety of SAP success factors processes 
using e-signatures and how to use SAP Fiori custom code migration app to analyze your ABAP custom code for S4HANA readiness. Make sure you also check them out on the Discovery Center. Of course, if you like to deep dive into the Fiori custom code topic, don't miss out our SAP community call that is going to take place on 28th of June. In this session, our expert Olga will demonstrate how the migration app can support your journey to the cloud. In terms of learning, we are planning to relaunch free online course to give you an overview on SAP business technology platform directly from our platform experts. Starting from July 7th, you can learn how SAP BTP empowers customers to become intelligent enterprises and explore how it enables our customers to integrate and extend their SAP landscape. The course is open for four weeks. And if you want to know more about BTP and gain insights into the platform business in general, you can now take action to enroll yourself. Okay, I guess there are enough updates and news sharing for this episode. Now let's move on to the main topic. I'm happy to hand over to my colleagues, Abhishek and Karin, to talk about DevOps in the ABAP world. So hello, everyone. Welcome back to our podcast series. I'm your BTP DevOps podcast series host, Abhishek Nath. And as some of you might already know, I'm a product manager in the area of cloud and lifecycle management, looking after the overall SAP business technology platform DevOps portfolio for APJ and MENA regions. As promised in our last interaction, I am back with the third episode of our DevOps podcast series. Uh, we've heard a lot about the various aspects of BTP DevOps in the previous episodes. Hence, today's episode is special as we'll talk about ABAP DevOps for the very first time in our series. And to do that, we have with us today my friend and colleague, Karin Spiegel. Karin is a product manager in the SAP Cloud and Lifecycle Management area, focusing on topics related to change and transport management in the ABAP and non-ABAP worlds. Wow, Karen, that is amazing. ABAP and DevOps in the same sentence. <laughs> Would you like to give our listeners a brief intro about yourself and the topic before we begin? Yeah, sure. Thank you very much, Abby. Thanks for having me. So yeah, as Abby already mentioned, today we are going to talk about ABAP and how it could work in a CI-CD process. So that's a topic that I started with recently because also SAP is somehow a bit new to this topic. Before, I was working with transports in many aspects, as Abhishek already mentioned. So I was working with the old CTS that you might know as an ABAP developer since ages. I was working with the integration of non-ABAP tools, CTS Plus, if you have heard of it. And now recently, I came to this topic of the Git-enabled CTS, which is one of the main things that we will talk about today. Great. Thanks for the quick intro, Karen. Uh, so Karen is here to discuss the emergence and importance of DevOps in the ABAP world, uh, especially in the context of the SAP business technology platform, ABAP environment, which some of us have also known by its code name, Steampunk, in the past. Um, so let's get started about that. Uh, so Karen, 
let's start with a very basic one for our audience, right? Could you please provide a brief context about the purpose of the business technology platform ABAP environment? Yeah, sure. So good that you already mentioned that it's named Steampunk because the long word SAP Business Technology Platform ABAP environment always makes sentences that long. So I will also use that term Steampunk so that you know what this is about. So sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's spread around too widely these days, but this abbreviation or this yeah nickname, Steampunk. So I think everyone could understand what this is about. So yeah, first thing is Steambank is a platform as a service. So it's provided to you by SAP as a service. You can book an account and so on. And it's the idea that you can use it to extend your existing ABAP applications. So for sure, you will still have your ABAP on-premise systems or host it in another cloud. But you might have an S4HANA core system where the main applications delivered by SAP run. The idea of Steampunk is that it gives you a room for extensions so that you can develop your own cloud applications decoupled somehow from the digital core. So the idea is that the core, the ABAP platform that you use is somehow clean. With this, it will be much easier to do an upgrade to your digital core because you don't need to take care about your own development. You don't need to take care about modifications that you might have done in older releases before you went to the cloud. And with this, you do have a clear separation of your core delivery from SAP and your own development. If you use Steampunk for your own development, you can also always rely on the latest options that the ABAP development provides you, the new coding options that you might have, the new functionality that is provided without having to take care about this upgrade by yourself. So that's the basic functionality, the basic benefit of having a cloud system or a cloud account that someone else takes care for you for the upgrade. And with this, you can easily maintain your development and easily maintain your core. You can use Steampunk, so the um, business technology platform, to develop your applications in your own way. You reuse your existing ABAP assets if they are conform with the new coding paradigms. So not every coding thing that is allowed or possible in an on-premise system is also allowed in the cloud. There are restrictions to make sure that everything works with the new stuff, that everything works fine on this cloud, that all the cloud paradigms are followed. So it's a bit different concerning the ABAP coding, but in principle, the idea is that you can really reuse your existing assets, that you can transfer them into the cloud and continue working on them in this environment so that you have then your own applications in the business technology platform ABAP environment and that your business users can access them. And for sure, from this applications, you will have access to the backend to get all the data that is needed within your application. So the business technology platform is not a complete copy or whatever of your core, but it's the extension part, and you can for sure access the data on this core systems that you might have. 
Great. So I, I understand that, you know, the, the steampunk is a separate environment in the cloud and basically helps you keep a clean core so that you can maintain your core easily. And at the same time, you have your uh, extensions and, and all other ABAP related developments happening in the cloud, right? So with the cloud, I think the CICD paradigm also becomes important right? What are my options to actually set up uh, some of these CI/CD processes uh, for this steampunk uh, ABAP cloud environment? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we provide some pipelines or one sample pipeline in the Project Piper. So if you look for the ABAP environment pipeline in Project Piper, you will find a pipeline that is ready to use. So you can use it for creating your own setup it has many steps predefined. It has a lot of parameters for sure that you can define. And then you would be able to set up a pipeline that helps you with setting up your development. So there are two main scenarios in this. The first one is called continuous testing. So the idea is that you can use the pipeline steps, the ready-made pipeline from Piper to improve your software quality so that you have a continuous checks, that you do continuous testing. Whenever you develop something new, it's important that you test it early to make sure that it works. Not in the end when every development is finished and you get all the errors at once, but whenever you finish a small increment, test it by the help of this pipeline, automate tests by using this pipeline. If you look to the documentation on Project Piper, you will find a lot of details, how this has to be set up, what are the parameters that are available for you, and all of this. The second scenario that we have in this ABAP environment pipeline is a building an ABAP add-on for Steampunk. So as you might know, there are many partner solutions, also customers, who do their own add-ons to their ABAP system. In the Steampunk scenario, this pipeline is um, intended for the SAP partners who would like to use this software as a service solution on Steampunk. So this is the use case of doing initial checks, of building, of doing integration tests, of confirming your development that is ready and of publishing it to your customers or to the customers of the respective partner. So these are the two scenarios that this ABAP environment pipeline has provided for. What's the aim of this pipeline? And um, what it does, it does like, running ATC checks, it does nightly builds, or whatever you might configure it. So there's a lot of parameters, and I would really like to uh, yeah, ask you to look into the detailed documentation to find out what it can do for you. The pipeline is ready, except for sure for the parameters. So you need to provide your account, you need to provide log-on data, you need to provide URLs, for example, where two stuff should be published, or where it should be tested, what checks should be executed. But it's configuration. You can also do programming if you are not confident with what the pipeline does, if you need more checks, if you need another step, if one step in this pipeline doesn't fit your needs. You can also extend the pipeline or reduce it. But in principle, it's a pipeline that you could start with and where you just have to provide some parameters to be able to have a CICD process set up for your environment in Steampunk. Sure. I hear a lot about, you know, uh, you know, we bringing ABAP to the cloud world. And then, of course, at the same time, we have to bring cloud qualities to ABAP, right? So 
and we have the pipeline and everything. But a lot of the SAP's customers are still developing in the core, right? Which is basically mm-hmm. on your SAP S4 HANA systems. So what options do these people have to enter the new world of DevOps and set up CI CD processes in their environment, which is in the core? Mm-hmm. Yes, we also have an offer for them. This is called the Git enabled CTS. It's quite new. So it started with SAP S4 HANA 1909 where you could first use it. And with this Git-enabled CTS, we have provided an option to get or to move the coding that you have created your on-premise systems to Git. For sure, you would still need the ABAP backend system. So you would still need development system, test system, production system, whatever you might have, just to use the classical example of a transport landscape. And you would still somehow use the classical CTS that you know. It's the classical change and transport system in the background. The same tools, if you have heard of them, like R3 Trans and TP, are used to manage transports, let's call it like this, in GCTS as well. So it's still the same, but it's extended. And you can use both for sure in parallel. So we still have the transport requests where you develop something, where you record the changes that you do, where you track all the things. The difference starts when you release the transport request. So whenever you release a transport request, if you have configured GCTS, the content, the objects that you have in this transport request will be somehow serialized and will be pushed to Git. So you would then have all your ABAP coding, your ABAP objects as files on Git. And with this, you could use Git, you could use all the functionalities that Git provides to set up a CI-CD process. So you would be able to set up pipelines based on yeah, Git functionality. You would also be able to set up all these pull push options. You would um, be able to have pull requests, for example, when you're ready with your development and would like to get stuff to production. So having the option to push ABAP objects to Git opens up the door to the world of tools that the CICD developers teams already use. So you would have the option to set up a CI server, like for example, Jenkins. You would have the option to look into all these yeah, other tools that are provided on top of Git. It's always really necessary to look at this with care, because the ABAP system is still a bit different. If you look into other development languages, like for example Java, then you normally have your complete development environment on your local computer. So you clone the repository to your local computer, you develop something, and when you're ready, you merge your local branch or your local repository back into the one which is stored centrally. For ABAP, the world is still a bit different, because you can't have a local ABAP environment on your PC. For sure, you might have about heard about ideas to create Docker containers and stuff like this, but an ABAP system is still very big. And sure. most teams will still work on a centralized development system so that all ABAP developers use the same development system. This also means that all the locking mechanisms that ABAP has in use are still 
in place. So still, only one person at a time in one ABAP system can work on one object. This doesn't change. Nevertheless, you have the option to set up pipelines and so on. So if you would like to automate, for example, the testing stuff, you could do so. You could set up a CI pipeline, which whenever something new is pushed to your repository, then starts and deploys stuff, for example, to a test system and checks stuff, executes your tests, whatever you might need. So the option to set up pipelines is given, but it's different from how you might expect it to work if you know CICD from non-ABAP worlds, from right. non-ABAP environments. Right. So it's interesting to manage this all of this ABAP code in Git at the same time, you know, a central ABAP system is really the main source. Give us some more details on this GCTS front a little bit more. Sure. Let me start again with the availability. So the first version when we have GCTS available is S4HANA 1909. But with this release, you can use GCTS for workbench objects only. For many customers or for almost all customers, customizing is a big thing which needs to be moved from one system to another. And if you would like to use GCTS for customizing as well, then you would have to have SAP S4HANA 2020 in place. So that's the first version where customizing can be pushed to a Git repository. And the important thing is, when has the repository been created? So with which version? So if you would like to use customizing, you would have to create the, the repository or connect to the repository to your ABAP system on the 2020 release. If the repository was created before, you cannot use it anymore. So if it's a 1909 repository, it cannot work with customizing. So that's the important thing for the versions that you need to know, I think. Then the next thing, if you would like um, to start using GCTS, you can do so with a small project. So maybe choose one that you have or choose a new sandbox project and start using configuring GCTS for this small project. It's not necessary to switch all of your transport processes to GCTS at once. So you can use the classical CTS and GCTS in parallel. For sure, you should not switch one object to, from GCTS to GCTS and back and forth. You should decide for which option you would like to go. But as I said, you can use a small sandbox project and try out GCTS and leave the rest of all your developers, leave the rest of the customizing, for example, in the classical CTS world. At first, until you got some experience, some confidence into GCTS, until you are sure that it can, fill, can fulfill your needs, until you are sure that it can manage all the processes that you have on top. So maybe that's also something that you could start with it on for a small project. So for example, many customers do have the change request management of SAP Solution Manager in place. And this is used to manage all of the ABAP projects. It provides, so Charm provides a lot of options to be audit safe, to be ITIL compliant and all of this stuff. This is something that you might need. And this is something that you should investigate how you could fulfill this with GCTS. GCTS also provides an integration or the other way around. SAP Solution Manager provides an integration with GCTS. So you can use Charm with GCTS. But maybe that's not the first step that you would like to go for. 
So maybe leave your audit requiring processes with CTS for a while and start with GCTS, investigate it, and later on start all of the switches of the processes that you might have on top. Or set up a pipeline and check whether this pipeline fulfills your needs or whether you would like, for example, to use pipelines to manage your processes with Git until you have reached, for example, the quality system. And after that, switch over to SAP Solution Manager, change request management to take care or to manage all these audit requirements that you have, for example, for all the yeah, new functionality or changes that are deployed to your production system. So you can start with the GCTS on a very simple level. There's a little bit of configuration effort. So you need for sure to connect your ABAP system to the Git repositories. You need to define a Java machine that we need. So these are the main configuration efforts. And then you can start developing. You will use for the GCTS a special transport layer. So each repository is connected to one transport layer. And whatever you use in this transport layer or whatever you transport via this transport layer will be pushed to Git instead of becoming part of the import queue of the follow-on system when the transport request is released. GCTS comes with a Fiori app. So another mm -hmm. prerequisite for sure is that you have GCTS configured in your system, is that the Fiori itself is enabled. And if this is enabled, then you can assign the permissions for this Fiori app to the developers who should work with it. And then you can use this Fiori app to manage your repositories, to see the commits that are there. And if something goes wrong, for example, it also provides a lot of lock options to view what has gone wrong. It provides options to create new branches. It provides many configuration parameters that can define the behavior of your GCTS process. So for example, if you work on different development systems and then developments that you did on these two development systems meet in one system, it might happen that two developers touch the same object and then you might have conflicts. If this occurs, then this GCTS app also supports you with resolving these conflicts. Or you can always use this app to connect to additional repositories if something new comes up or if you start a new project. For example, we recommend if you have different modules of SAP in your system, like, for example, F FE, finance, material management, and so on, that you have separate repositories for each module. And if you start developing in a new module, then you would need to create a new repository. So that's always possible on the fly. You don't need to think about all the repositories that you might need at the beginning. Just start with a small one, with a sandbox project, and then you can use that somehow as a door opener and provide the ideas maybe to the developers who are working in these other modules to give them the idea how GCTS could maybe easen up their life because they can now automate many steps by the help of a pipeline, for example. And with this, you could maybe slowly start with GCTS and get an introduction, get an idea how it works without having to do an immediate mind shift of all of your developers. Right. Because GCTS right. also comes with many new ideas. So if you worked in the ABAP world before and never touched Git, 
then it's a very new world. It's a very different way of thinking. And that's maybe also something that you start slowly with instead of a big bang. Right, right. Absolutely. And I think that's really important, right, to have that stability in your business systems while you make the change and while you try these things out. Very interestingly, Karen, you also mentioned things like integration with solution managers, especially with change request management and quality gate management. You know, some of these tools that our customers use to govern their change processes. So maybe a few lines about how they integrate with this offering and and the basic advantages uh, of doing this. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me start again with the prerequisite with the required releases. So the integration of GCTS in SAP Solution Manager Change Request Management is available starting with SAP Solution Manager 7.2 SP12. So that's the minimum release. That's the first integration version that we have. And there you can create a special, what is called change document, which then is related to GCTS. So it's a special change document and you cannot combine GCTS with other changes in the same change document. Another important thing is that this integration is only available currently for change request management. So the integration with quality gate management, if you're using that, is on the roadmap. There's no detailed release available up now that I could provide right now when this will be available, but yeah, it's on the roadmap. And the other thing is it's available for change request management, but also focus build is on the roadmap. So it's also not integrated with focus build up to now. So the only way of integration in the solution manager is currently the change request management. Yeah. And what it does is you have still these change cycles for sure, but when it comes to GCTS, you would need a special change document. It's named GCTS change. And then you would also see all of the commits and so on that are available. What What Charm can do in combination with GCTS, it can provide two ways of working. So there's one thing which is more an observation mode where GCTS or the commits and the deployment and so on are handled either manually or by a a CI pipeline. So this is the one option. And the other one is that change request management takes over control and that you forward the cycle to the next level and so on, like you do it for other changes in Charm as well. So these are the two options that you have. Got it. And it's also good to know that you do have, you know, quality gate management as well as focus build also on the horizon or at least in the in the release plan. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. it's it's good to know that that you yeah. have them on your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, sounds sounds really good. I, I think that was a really thorough uh, analysis of the overall uh, message that we have and the situation that we have. Um, Karen, uh, you know, closing notes. Do you have any other message or or advice in general for our customers or our listeners? Yeah, so maybe one very basic important thing is think about if you need GCTS. So if you live in a pure ABAP environment and if you are happy with the processes that you have provided by CTS, provided by Charm, then you can stay with it. There are no plans to remove all of this. GCTS is an offering on top. And if you are looking how to get into the DevOps world with ABAP, into the CICD process world with ABAP, then it's a good thing to look at it, but it's really not a must. Great. Thanks for being candid and, and being very forthcoming with your answers. And I hope they bring a lot of clarity to our listeners in general. So thanks a lot, Karen. Thanks for joining us today. And thank you for your insightful answers. 
I would also like to point out to our listeners that we also have an active DevOps community on the SAP community portal. So you can visit us at community.sap.com slash topics slash DevOps. So that's our URL for the community portal. Also, we have currently running an open SAP course around DevOps, which is aptly titled Efficient DevOps with SAP. The course is still running and you can still join it. Of course, like all open SAP courses, uh, this course is also being provided free of charge. Also, you can always reach out to me or Karen or any of our you know, fellow product managers over the DevOps community that I mentioned earlier, or even over LinkedIn, and the links for, for both of our profiles will be in the description of the episode as always. And of course, please do tune in next time for more in-depth talks uh, about DevOps on the business technology platform. Next time, we will talk in detail about delivery and change management in the SAP BTP world with my friend and fellow product manager, Harold Stevens. Very interesting topic indeed, so please do tune in. Till then, I hope you all stay safe. And thanks a lot to all of you, of course, for listening. See you next time. Goodbye.